This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, if you've been following our Thursday picks in continental competition this season, you'll have turned a profit to level stakes this week. We've got seven selections from our team of handicappers to hopefully nudge up the ROI a little more. This is Betting Weekly Extra Time, Europa League edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and returning Steve Wiss, RJ and Will White. Three early plays to talk about first and foremost, 12.45 Eastern. Uh, first up, Will, we're going to head to Larnica Cyprus here. And this is the key thing. This is Maccabi Haifa against Villarreal. It's a game I'm commentating on for the World Feed. They didn't play a full night to go. So although this is a match day four fixture, it's both teams' third Group F game. And of course, behind closed doors as well. Villarreal, our favourites at minus 122. The behind closed doors thing... Do we take that into consideration? Do we look back at those COVID times or games where we haven't had fans for whatever reason and think, yeah, I can pin some some stat on it or some thought on it? It's obviously, it's a factor. It's a it's it's a big factor here, but it's not a factor that affects my bet. In fact, I would have I would have liked the over two and a half at minus one hundred and three even more if this was played in um, in a stadium where there were fans, basically, in Haifa, let's say. Um, we saw during COVID, actually, that goal expectancy decreased for games behind closed doors. So it's actually a slight negative for my bet. But despite that, I still really like the over. In terms of sides, the neutral territory obviously favours Villarreal here. So um, on the on the on in, in terms of the wind roll-in, I probably lean Villarreal to win the game, despite their pretty tragic form. Um, they're a bit of a mess at the moment, Villarreal. Um, but are becoming involved in high-scoring games recently. Been five goals in each of their last three, albeit one of those was in the Copa del Rey against a lower league team. The defence is a is just a real shambles. Um, how Ron didn't score in match day two is a mystery. Uh, they had they generated over two xG against Villarreal in in that game. Over the weekend, they played two kids from the academy at left back and right back. Uh, Juan Foyth has been out, and I think uh, Pachetta's has just lost his patience with the replacements with uh, Alberto Moreno at left-back, and I don't know who it is at right-back, but he's, he's been replaced by a, a kid from the academy. And, uh, you know, prior to that, even really, Villarreal conceded two against Panathinaikos in match day one away from home. They've been leaking goals in La Liga, only two clean sheets in the 12 games so far this season. But on the flip side, they do have some very potent attacking weapons. Uh, Gerard Moreno, obviously, who's back from injury. Sorloff, uh, as well as Bayena, who's, I believe, on the verge of Spanish um, national team, if not already in the squad. Maccabi haven't played in over a month, which is which is obviously a factor here as well, since their 0-0 draw with Panathinaikos. That game really uh, didn't didn't deserve to finish nil nil. We should have seen goals with almost two and a half total xG generated. 
But that month off, it, it's yet to be seen really how that affects the dynamics of their attacking and defensive play. I, I don't really know what to think of that myself, but I'm focusing on other factors that really point to this being an overs game. Prior to that Panathinaikos game, they were averaging three goals a game across all competitive fixtures so far this season. And then also, we spoke about this on the Champions League show, but markets do like to factor in game state. And this is one game where we have the game state working in our favour, as the game state should or potentially would di uh, dictate that it favours goals here, as, as both teams may feel like they need to play catch-up in this group, having a played, game, played a game less and, and, and currently sitting in third and fourth places in the group. So overall, I think the line should probably be two and three quarters. So I'm happy to back over two and a half at minus 103. Yeah, I think it was Brignoli had an absolute uh, worldie in terms of saving for Panathinaikos against Haifa in that previous uh, group match. Completely agree with that. And yeah, I was looking at some of the VRL players this morning for my commentary notes on Thursday and, and the two fullbacks. Yeah, they're very young. They haven't got a lot of experience. I, I can see goals. Uh, let's move on to Toulouse-Liverpool. And we're looking at goals again here. Uh, Steve's tackling this one for us. This is a 12.45 Eastern, as we alluded to. Liverpool are favourites by some distance here. The reverse fixture's saw uh, six goals on Merseyside in England, um, uh, Steve, and uh, more on the agenda for you here. Yeah, taking over 3.25 goals, Dan, a minus 108. And uh, I, I must say the previous fixture has weighed a big part in this bet. Maybe I'm actually overreacting a little bit more, you think about it. But um, I actually think Liverpool are enjoying playing in Europa League. Some, some teams find it a chore. But I think they're actually embracing it. I think the players realise it's a great chance to pad up their stats. Um, they can really beat up sides that are far better than them, really. Liverpool are a Champions League pedigree, pedigree side. They're in the wrong competition. And, um, yeah, I, I think whoever, whatever lineup they they put out here, they're really strong in depth, especially, uh, you know, midfield and offence. And they're going to cause to lose a lot of problems. Uh, they'll be going for, for goals. They'll be going for wins. It's a big game for Toulouse. This is a huge occasion for them. This is what you get, isn't it, for winning the French Cup and getting into Europe. And, you know, the stadium will be rocking it. It's actually a stadium which, when it is full, it can make a really good noise. And uh, I think they're going to enjoy themselves as well. They've got players on the break like Dalinga, a few others who can cause problems, getting behind Liverpool. They, they netted at Anfield and they probably should have scored more. There was that ridiculous open goal miss, wasn't there? So... I think both teams can contribute. We're probably looking at Liverpool winning the game, maybe 3-1, 4-1 sort of territory. But don't underestimate to lose here. This is for them like a cup final. So I think we'll have a very similar type of game, end-to-end -end football, no real need for defence. Minus 108 for over 3.25 goals is a goal line I really enjoyed recently. So we're happy to snap it up. I can't believe that you're saying that Liverpool are enjoying playing in the Europa League. Whenever I've got I, I Liverpool feel... to, to you three saying, hang on, shouldn't we back them here at a short price to win the Europa League? I get shouted down by all of you. Plus 250 to win the Europa League. Steve, RJ, Will, I, I still wouldn't. Be, I don't know, because at the end of the day, a lot depends how what they're doing in the Premier League down at that point in time. Just say mm. they are in the title race around March, April. The focus will always be on there, in my personal opinion. But if we're in a situation where they're landlocked in, say, third, then and the chance of a cup is is there, then then I think you do have to take them a bit more seriously. So I think it's it's one of those you, you look at the moment. Um, Two fifty, it's not for me right now. It might look big come come the final, wherever it is this year. Don't you might know, Dan? I'm not sure, but um, uh, right now, no. 
RJ, have you got any outright fancies here? I mean, Leverkusen, Roma, both plus 900. I know that Will's on Leverkusen at a bigger price. RJ, would you bat Liverpool at plus 250 or same rules apply to you as what Steve has just said? Yeah, I, I, I it does de- does depend how how things are going domestically, but I, I'm I'm more convinced that Leverkusen at plus, I believe, I believe it's plus 900. Uh, I've been following the Bundesliga pretty uh, substantially this year is one of my favorite competitions by our Leverkusen. Uh, I watched the match against Hoffenheim over the weekend. What a, what a great match that was. Um, they're typically a little bit more sound defensively than, than that, that, that match over the weekend, but their form is, is just absolutely tremendous. And I think at that price, um, I have a hard time seeing them stopping. I think that's a freight train that, uh, is just going to keep moving and, and I would take them at plus 900. I'm going to say, Will, just just remind us what price you have backed them out. Depressors all. Mind you, you did tell us at the start of the season, so it's all on us. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been banging on about that since uh, since before game week one. Uh, plus 2,000 I was on them at. Uh, the plus 900, uh, probably still a little bit too big, but I do have two huge price back delays. Um, actually, for for the for the listeners, um, I've got Slavia Prague plus 8,000. And Sparta Prague plus fifteen thousand. Gone, gone with both the Czech teams here. Um, Slavia look to be very strong favourites to qualify. Sparta, I think, they're kind of in a fifty-fifty with Rangers to qualify. But if you compare their outright price to the plus five thousand for Rangers, they're three times the price. You know, Slavia do have some pedigree in this competition. Twenty twenty-one, they got to quarters, went out to Arsenal, beat Leicester. I just think the Czech teams are, uh, are underrated in this competition for some reason. As well to Prague, probably an even better price at plus fifteen thousand. I mean, there's a back to lay there. What, underrated. What, what 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 do you get out at? When do you get out? Are you looking them quarterfinals and get out, semifinals and get out, or just knockout stages and get out? And I mean, a, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of it is draw dependent, right? And you've got a lot of draw risk here that they, you know, they kind of get into the knockout rounds, rounds, and are up against a Liverpool or a Leverkusen or one of the bigger teams dropping down from the Champions League. But um, I, I, the easy answer to that is wait until uh, they're in a they're knockout tie that where you don't really fancy them. But um, it's a bit deeper than that. And I, I think we have to do the maths when the time comes, basically. Sure. Yeah, no, mm. that's interesting. I like that big plays that we can maybe trade back when we get to the knockout stages. Ajax uh, Brighton next up. This is again 12.45 kickoff. Uh, Will, you're looking at this one for us. I mean, it's incredible. I just looked at 12 months ago, Ajax, top of the Eredivisie. And and now they are scrambling around. I know they've won their last two, but the prices here are incredible. Brighton minus one forty three in Amsterdam to win this game. European rookies and all, had their nose blooded with that match day one defeat against AK Athens. I mean, do, do you see why the prices are how they are? And until until Chris, who you play? Yeah, I think. Um... Ajax are really uh, an exercise in rebasing of ratings, and I know Nigel would would like to chat to us about that. But how do you rate Ajax? Um, their, their kind of, their ascension and their poor form was was just so rapid. Um, you know, their rating fell astronomically in such a short period of time. But then how did you rate them during that downswing? And then vice versa, how do you rate them on the, what we expect to be the uptrend that we're seeing now? Um Overall, I, I like Brighton to win this game and over one and a half goals at minus 106. I think despite their poor form, I think it's a very attractive price on Brighton. It is more a bet against Ajax than in favour of Brighton. 
Um, I think the market looks like it's assuming that Brighton should receive about half a goal upgrade for their performances since the last match against Brighton. So that was a 5-2 loss to, to PSV and then wins domestically to a very, very poor Volendam and Herenveen. But let's be honest, only really PSV are remotely in Brighton's league out of those three and then they lost 5-2. Brighton, clearly one of the best teams in the competition as evidenced by their outright price of plus 1,200 and they should be fully motivated to get the win here given the dynamics of the group. So the over one and a half element to this gives us quite a nice price boost, actually, to minus 106. I can't see a 1-0 Brighton win here, even though their goal expectancy has been regressing over the past few games. They've only had an average of 1.6 total XG generation per game in the last four. I think that the price uh, boost to minus 106 is, is, is more than enough to tempt me in. Yeah, nice way to play that one. Brighton to beat Ajax over one and a half goals, minus 106. Hacker Mulder, a couple of prop bets for you here. The money line uh, sees uh, Mulder plus 140, Hacker plus 165 in the draw, plus 285. Uh, let's go with the corners play from RJ. Uh, first of all, Mulder won the first game 5-1 at home. They travelled to Sweden here. RJ, what's your corners play? Yeah, looking at over 9.5 corners in this match at minus 129. I just checked. It's currently priced minus 130, so it's moved one cent uh, overnight. Uh, as you stated, Dan, um, Molde 5-1 win last time out. Uh, you know, match dynamics here. Uh, just kind of looking at hacking to seek, seek redemption against Molde. Um Sort of doubt it will happen. I mean, curious to Steve's takes. I know the uh, Norwegian and the Swedish uh, leagues are close and dear to his uh, to his heart, so to speak. But uh, metrics, right? Metrics are driving a lot of these plays, specifically props and corners. I think we can find some value here again. So even though it's minus one twenty nine, minus one thirty, I wouldn't necessarily call it value, but I think it is based on the statistics. So over the last twenty five match matches. Home and away spots. Hacken averaged 12.4 corners per match. Molde averaged 10.8, so just under 11. 81% um, of the time between these both, both teams have seen over 8.5 corners, and around 63 to 64% have seen over 9.5 corners, which was the highest tally in this round in the Europa League. Uh, based on the fact, you know, both teams... Sitting at the bottom of Group H, you know, Molde with three points, hacking with none. Uh, it's it's a very important match for both sides, for that matter. But I expect an open and aggressive match. You know, I expect 11, 12 corners here, and I, I expect this to fairly easily exceed the the corner total total of over nine point five here. Over nine and a half corners, minus one thirty. The prop from Steve as well. Here we're looking at uh, shot on target prop, Steve. Yeah, this is normally I can provide four or five picks in Europa League, but I was really struggling this round. I don't know why. I don't know whether you guys were the same, but it was a real struggle, especially now that group with Brighton, they've changed the managers and I, I'm not as convinced about going the overs. So I'm taking a leaf out of James Easton's book here when he cashed with that shot on target uh, prop at the weekend. I'm going with Emil Breivik to have over, over 0 0.5 shots on target at plus 120. He's a Molder attacker um 
to put it into simple terms, he may well be playing up front in a three-five-two system. So any player playing up uh, up front um, as plus money to have a shot on target when they're actually the favourites, that will do me. But there's an interesting dynamic here. The match is not being played at Hacking's normal stadium. It's being played at Gamla Ulave, which is an old grass pitch. Both of these teams do not like playing on grass, Dan, at all. It's such a shame that it's not being played at Hacking Stadium. If it was, this why is it not? Bank- uh, the stadium's not fit for UEFA at this level in group stages. And it's a real... If it was there, this would be the banker of all banker overs. I would have my house on it, on the over, if it was on an artificial surface. I'd have my wife on it. I'd have my kids on it. I'd have my, my ducks on it, even. Um, but it's on grass. And um, Hecken have lost uh, six of the nine games they've played on grass this season. Mulder have only won one of the seven they've played on grass. They're both sides, they're out of their comfort zone. So I, that's why I just can't pull the trigger on the over, Dan. I think Mulder may well use their European experience actually here and get the win. They're, forget their form domestically. They're landlocked in like fifth to seventh place. So this is all they're focusing now on is Europa League and the Norwegian Cup final. I think they are the better team and I think uh, they can get the result. And that's why I'd rather favour one of their players in these uh, prop markets. Breivik's a really great attacking midfielder. If he's not up front, he'll be just in the hole behind. He's going to get opportunities. Seven goals this season. 22 shots on target from uh, 50 attempts in uh, domestic uh, football. He's, he's a pretty accurate uh, striker of a ball. He gets on the end of some crosses as well. Emil Breivik, really underrated. He's plus 400 to score any time. Wouldn't want to put off anyone back in that either. But I think he can, at very worst, test the goalkeeper. Sporting Rakov next. This is a 3 p.m. Eastern uh, kickoff, as was the uh, Hacken, or as is the Hacken uh, Mulder game. Uh, sporting short price very. We've had the odd shock um, in the Europa League, uh, Will, in the group stage, as I referenced that AK game uh, at Brighton. But generally, uh, big minus money favourites have come in. And if you back them all, you've turned a profit. So it's the Asian line that we move to here. Talk us through your Sporting Rakov play. Yeah, Dan, it's not very often I'll get involved in a, a big uh, favourite on the Asian handicap like this, but Sporting really need to win this game against almost certainly the weakest team in the group. They were held 1-1 away from home in the return fixture, um, but they went down to 10 men after eight minutes when Victor Giocares was sent off. So uh, there's no doubt really that Sporting are by some distance the better team here. According to my ratings, I've got them 1.17 goals better between the two on neutral territory. So I'm happy to back them on the minus one and a half line at minus 125, given that home advantage is quite big in Europe and it's big in this particular game. Sporting, top of the Portuguese league, nine wins and one draw from their 10 games. Perfect five from five at home. And uh, one of the things I really like the look of here is, is Rakoff. They were absolutely dominated in, in their previous away game in the group against Atalanta, who I have as a similar kind of rated team to Sporting Lisbon. It, 2-0 was the result, but Atalanta generated a whopping 3.93 XG on 29 shots that day. And I can see more of the same here. And I think it's far more likely that Sporting win by two, two goals or more than they don't. So I'm happy to back them on the minus one and a half handicap. Minus one and a half handicap, minus 125 the price. Sporting against Rakov, 3 p.m. Thursday. Another 3 p.m. kickoff, Israel Betis against the Aris here. 
Uh, RJ is going to tackle this one. Once again, we're looking at the shots. Uh, Real Betis are short price, uh, minus 345, and neither have been particularly prolific. We don't really see too much in terms of attacking play with uh, these two sides, or at least we haven't RJ just yet. And that is the theme for you because you're going unders this time around and the line is eight and a half. Yeah, I usually cringe in any type of under, to be honest, personally. But looking at uh, under 8.5 shots here in this match at plus, one, plus 100, even money. Uh, looking at Group C, Betis sitting at the top with six points after three match days. Three goals, four, two against, right? Uh, Aries, the Cypress side, sitting at uh, fourth place, bottom of the table, with uh, three points. Um, they did have a 2-1 victory over Rangers. Uh, led by Yannick Gomez. Uh, he's been in pretty good form, expected to start for Eris. Uh, you look at the real better side, that, you know, on paper, um, short price, right? Minus 345. They're a stronger side. They'll likely dominate possession, in my opinion, right? Secure the three points. They should fairly easily, um, I say fairly easily, um, although I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not overly convinced, but I just expect them to dominate possession nonetheless. And, you know, this match is obviously very big from a from a standing perspective here. But looking at the statistics, shots on target average between both sides, uh, again, over their respective home and away spots, 7.25, right? 7.25, just around six per Betis at home. Uh, Aries on the road, 8.5. So, I, I, you know, I really, really have a hard time seeing over six shots, to be fair. Um, and this is probably my favorite play. We'll get to it at the end of the show. This is probably my favorite play of this match day. I just I expect Betis to just be too strong here for them at home. So under, you know what? Eight. Just just before done, mm. I I was looking at this game because I was struggling for picks. Betis minus one and a half on the Asian handicap. I really thought about getting involved here because I think Aris are not very good if you look at them. But I just I don't really know enough about both teams to be honest with you. I don't know what. If Will's got any thoughts on the, stru- the strength of Betis here. But, um, I mean, Aris might not even get a shot on target, to be fair, RJ. They're, they're going to be completely outclassed, surely. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, in the, in the return fixture, Betis got heavily backed in despite rotating six or seven of their starting 11. If they if they want to win this convincingly, they really should. This is a massive drop-off in standard, isn't it? And Isco has been having a great season for Betis. He really is pulling, pulling the strings there. The midfield's very strong. With uh, Guido, Rodriguez, um, Isco, and who else do they play? Not William Carvalho. Oh, yeah, Mark Rocker. Jose. Ex-Espanol uh, ex, uh, Bayern Munich. So, yeah, very strong. And and I don't know much about Aris, but, uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, the stats that I looked at, um, zero shots for Aris uh, on target in the reverse fixture. So, if we're only looking at Real Betis here, they haven't managed more than seven on target in any of their games in La Liga or Europa League so far this season. If we expect Harris not to contribute, then the under eight and a half could be one. Although they did have 25 shots on target in a 12-1 Copa del Rey success over a lower league team. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I saw that. I think you've got to sort of scratch that one from your stats, haven't you, really? I like this yeah, play you... <laughs> under... Yeah, I don't, I don't... I mean, I mean, 20... Yeah, tw- what did I say? 24 shots on target. I mean, I don't know what the record is. I mean, I, and I think in the Copa del Rey this season... And you guys might, I'm sure Will does. Aren't all the the higher division sides drawn away 
Yeah. This season, I mean, I know they had it in France, Steve, didn't they? A few years ago, it's a, it's a bit of a quirky rule. Um, there was a few big wins, weren't they? Getafe, I think, got a, a twelve nil win. Um, someone else had a huge. I mean, obviously, these teams are so poor that um, it's almost. I've not. I've not noticed. I mean, I I don't notice Copa del Rey results until it gets to the last stages. Do we get these big wins in the early rounds? Ooh, we, yeah, we do like every season. season. <laughs> yeah, some of these favourites are going off minus five thousand. You know, kind of minus four and a half goals on the Asian handicap line. Like some of these part-time Spanish teams uh, really do get some wallopings. Um, and there's can a I big ask, drop off. Yeah, can I ask you, like, what what what's the benefit there for uh, you know for even a Betis or a Hernan Cortez side who has a, a capacity of like fifteen hundred for their stadium and they play in a Spanish league I've never even heard of, and I go pretty deep in the uh, in the leagues. Uh, like what? What's the benefit? Uh, it, you know, it, tr- truthfully, like is it confidence? Too, uh, I mean, you, exposure or yeah. uh, I? I feel it's. I mean, there's, there's a strange. I mean, about, about I want to go back ten years. Maybe France tried it for maybe a year, and I think that the first round of the of the Liga sides they they had when the draw was made, the top flight team played away from home. It didn't last very long, and in England they changed the rule. I want to say about twenty five years ago that. Lower league teams wanted to play or non-league teams wanted to play neutral grounds and they weren't allowed to. They wanted to take advantage of maybe a, a neutral ground with a with a, a bigger capacity so they could get more gate mm-hmm. receipts. I mean, I guess they're trying to suggest it's some sort of leveller, but when there's such a disparity in quality between mm. top flight teams in Spain and these regional amateur sides, as Will was pointing out, it, it seems a bit pointless to me. I mean, I don't know if there's an angle for betters or not. Is something that anyone bets on? I don't. I don't. I, I. That's where my uncomfortable bets really comes to its fore in Copa del Rey. <laughs> I'm, I'm on all of the big underdogs on the Asian handicap normally. Normally, normally they're just priced a bit too. It's really uncomfortable though watching. What, what, watching like a real Betty's put twelve past the side when you're on sort of yeah, under, or under, under nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe we could do a podcast for the next round. Um, uh, we'll ask Nigel. Let's get some leans here before we wrap things up because we've got three. We've got one apiece that we haven't talked about um, from each of you. Um, RJ, we'll go with you first because we're talking Europa League. The boys have uh, ordered off the menu with the conference league pick. So, RJ, what's your lean? Yeah, my lean is uh, Rangers versus Sparta. Uh, both teams to score at minus one thirty-five. You know, it's uh, probably. Oh, I, I, I omitted this because uh, you know, I, I just, I didn't like the price. Right, I, I thought minus one thirty-five was was a little too low. Um, although, again, y- you know, after reviewing it and, and going through it, I, I think I could potentially make this an official play and, and be on it in some form or fashion if the if the price doesn't drift too much. But it's a very, very big match for both these sides, right? You look at Group C, as we talked about, Betis and, and Aries, but, you know, we're sitting Sparta-Prague, Rangers sitting second and third, Sparta second, Rangers in third, and that Europa League Conference League playoff spot, both with four points, it's just a goal total, right? Rangers have only put up two. Um, Sparta-Prague as as you know, I think Will Will mentioned for one of his potential favorites um, in the Europa at a very big price is, you know, what kind of Rangers side do you do you get here? Um, 
have no reason to believe they won't produce at home. They've done so all year. It's just that price, I think, that keeps me away. But, you know, also looking at both teams to score over 2.5 and at, at this play is also pretty intriguing. Uh, I'm not sure what the line is offhand, but that's something that I would consider. Okay, that's Rangers Sparta Prague. Um, Will, you're a conference player regularly. What have you dipped down to here? Yeah, I think it's a tradition on the show to have at least one conference league pick, and we may have more than one this time around. Um, my pick is Ferengs Barros on the Drono Bet line at home to uh, Gonk, minus 136. It's a big game in the group. Currently, we've got three teams tied on five points. Um, quite an equal game. The last last time around in uh, in Belgium could have gone either way. But ultimately, I quite like this Ferenc Fraus team. They drew away at Fiorentina, who by all intents, by far the best team in the group. And I feel that the home advantage gives them a big edge here. Um, and given that my assessment is these are two relatively equal teams, that home advantage really should swing it further than the draw no bet line in their favour. Ferenc Fraus, draw no bet, minus 136 at Humpty Genk. And in Group B of the Conference League, uh, Steve, it's not Genk, it's Ghent that you're looking at. Mm. You know, they played each other in the Europa League a few years ago. I had to mm. had to do the roundup for it for a TV show. It's terrible. Genk played Ghent. Anyway, Steve. <laughs> How do you pronounce Genk? Is, is it Gonk, as, as Will's just well, said? Well, I don't Genk. know. We, I don't know. Us, I've never heard it Gonk before. We're, 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 oh, we're, we're, we'll give us some interesting pronunciation. Look, if we stop for pronunciations, we'd never get a show in the can. So, uh, but, uh, anyway. yeah, Ghent. <laughs> Ghent is the team I'm interested in. I really like the conference. I could have given you three or four picks from the conference league this week. Um, but Ghent. Is this a, this to... is a, I'm, I'm putting all the conference ones down as leans here. So go on. Ghent, Ghent away against Breiderblick, the Icelandic side. The first Icelandic team ever made a group stage. I think they're the worst team in this competition. Breiderblick, mm -hmm. they're the worst team. They haven't played for over a month, which is a big, big concern for them. Um the last domestic fixture was uh, on the 8th of uh, October. So, I mean, when you're not playing domestically in combined, I think it's a big problem. I really like Ghent to score over two and a half team total goals at plus 110. Five nil in the reverse fixture. They should be far too superior. They've got some really good attacking players, Ghent. Hugo Kuipers. Gift Orban and Tariq. Gift Tisuari. Orban's interesting, isn't he? He'll leave, I think. He doesn't, always, he doesn't even start yeah. always. But yeah. he may well get the start here. Um, they're very, very capable of scoring at least three goals, if not more. I just think Breidablik are awful. I mean, no offence to them, but def I mean, defensive though, they're a shambles. This should be a big blowout, really. But I'd rather just do the team total goals because I think the Icelandic side will just swing and they might even score a goal. So go with the team total rather than the handicap. Yeah, and and, and um, Steve, I follow the Icelandic league as you know pretty pretty deeply in the in the summer and. You know, it made me wonder, because I don't typically dive into the Conference League, but it made me wonder that, you know, Breedablick side, who hasn't played in a month, right? You, you look at some of these sides in some of the smaller leagues and smaller countries. What, like, what do they do uh, in, in the offseason, right? I, I, don't, I don't know the salaries, in, 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 in fact, but I would imagine um, no fishing. a lot of these guys, uh, they fishing, whaling, whatever <laughs> the case may there'll be. There'll be quite a lot of part-time um, players. In this league, in that and, league. and that matters, right? That matters for mm. for selections like this because they're not informed. They're probably not training. They could be producing, um, the working in jobs outside of uh, of the pitch. So it's just a like, outside perspective of of sometimes looking at some of these plays and it's a long teams. off season yeah. for them, like you say. They, they don't play between October and 
in mid-April domestically. Mm. So they can't because of the weather. So. <laughs> well, the play is Ghent, team total over two and a half. Best bets before we wrap up. Uh, RJ, what's your best bet? Oh, it's going to be uh, Bettis versus Aries. Shots on target under 8.5, even money. Uh, Will, what's your best play, Europa League? Brighton to beat Ajax and over one and a half goals, minus 106. And Steve? It's the one I just mentioned. Ghent, over two and a half team total goals against Breiderblick. That wraps up Betting Weekly Extra Time Europa League edition. Many thanks to Steve, to Will, to RJ. We are back for match day five of the Europa League. Last day of the month, and there's plenty more content from the Betting Weekly team on our YouTube channel. For now, though, it is goodbye.